Welcome to Too Old for This Podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things. This is episode 34, and we are going to get into deep spoiler reviews of Mandalorian, Chapter 3, The Sin. So without further ado, on Nerd and Up Nerd, let's start the show. What up, dog? What up, Kev? Kev, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. No complaints. How have you been since we last spoke? Anything um, music? Say that again. You're kind of. I said, "Have you been since we last spoke?" Any big news in your life? Uh, no, 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 no big news. Uh, just enjoying the Mandalorian. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's it's uh, and and oh, and still... order. And Fallen Order. Yes, Jedi Fallen Order. You're still enjoying that, Yes, I absolutely. Um, a little bit more than you are. Uh, How far along are you with that? Oh, I'm really into it. I must be at least, like, halfway into the game by now. Yeah. So, um, I, You know, I, you were you were intimating that I'm not liking it as much as you, and I, I just haven't played it much yet. I got yeah. it last night, you know, and I had to, you know, I had to sit and wait for all the downloads and uh, all mm-hmm. the, uh, the modules to download and everything and install um and then i ended up playing it for about half an hour Mm -hmm. and i liked it um you know right away i had some i had some initial oh we're gonna do a quick i didn't even think we're gonna talk about this but here i go i'm gonna i'm gonna give my i'm gonna give my initial thoughts on uh jedi fallen order um everybody is right when they say that it feels uh, just like playing assassin's creed uh, the way mm-hmm. the character moves, the way, the way the character moves, he just runs or he runs faster, yeah. right? He doesn't have like a regular walk speed, yeah. uh, and um, and the and lot and the parkour stuff just j- is right in the game right away, and it just it is it does really feel like Assassin's Creed. So everybody's right when they say that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I liked. I remember I said, "How long does it take you to get the lightsaber?" Because that's key when you're starting a new Star Wars game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically the second scene uh, in mm-hmm. the game, so it's like five minutes into the game, you got your lightsaber. And you've got a full array of force powers already, so you start out like pretty, pretty strongly powered in the force, and and you feel like you're back playing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, what was the uh, Force Unleashed again? Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, only better. Um, you know, it's 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 beautiful. Like uh, the artwork is is fantastic. The 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 um, the uh, the environment. It just it feels so immersive and. There's so much work in it. There's so many spaceships in the first couple of scenes of mm. this, of this thing, and um, and uh, you are moving through this environment in a very fun way. And there's just uh, 
there's like cool droids and very Star Warsy stuff everywhere right away. Um, my first reaction uh, is that they're the uh, uh, they caught me because uh, there's a funny bit in the beginning where he's listening to like uh, Star Wars's version of heavy metal music on yeah. his headphones while yeah. he's working, and I was like, "What is this music?" And I was like, "Oh my god, is this whole game going to be scored with this weird music?" Well, it's uh, uh, funny. The part that I'm at right now, um, I've I don't know why they went with this choice, but it, it kind of works. So I'm in like a kind of like a battle arena area. Um, similar to like, um, attack of the clones, I think it was in that battle arena, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing where you're battling creatures and in the background, you remember the band that was playing in force awakens in, uh, Maz Cantina, whatever the Maz Kanata Cantina, whatever. Okay. I don't know. Have I blacked that band out? It's possible. I can't can't draw an image of them in my mind. Well, I can't, I don't remember what the band looks like, but the, the music in that scene, okay. Is very reminiscent. If it's not the same song, it's it might be. Yeah, be it sounds be just like it in this game. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. well, yeah, it's um, interesting. Um, I forget the actor's name who stars in this game. Uh, he's the guy from Gotham and the guy from Shameless. Uh, apparently, Shameless. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love him on Shameless. I uh, hate him on Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just weird because I feel like I'm very familiar with this guy. I've watched him on TV so much and. And when you hit pause, the pause screen of this game is just like a close-up of his face. Mm. Um, and I just, it's like, it, it does pull me out of the Star Wars-ness a little bit just because I'm familiar with that guy. Like, Star Wars should always be anonymous actors or like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's not the case with, with some of the, the new cast. But um, I was never, uh, the, I'm not just, really familiar my, with them. So. My familiarity with him kind of pull, draws me out. But whatever. It's a, uh, So far, I'm only half an hour in, like I said. But yeah. um, I think it's super fun. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, everybody's saying it's the best Star Wars game ever. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how you're going to really overcome Knights of the Old Republic in my heart mm-hmm. without a role-playing game element. And, then, and there really isn't much RPG element. It's, it's you know, um, I don't know how you would describe it as... Not just a hack them, slack them, slash them type game. Yeah, <clears throat> um, I, I'm not a game. I shouldn't talk about games. I shouldn't try to review games. But I, I'm enjoying <laughs> it, and I and I'm I'm, I'm reserving judgment. I'm not mm-hmm. fully sucked into it like you are. I'm like I'm still in a Conan Exiles phase yeah. on my on my Xbox, and I and like I said, I did kind of jump back on the Conan Exiles, so it didn't pull me in that passionately like it did you. But you know, I'm going to finish the game, and I'm going to let you know how my final. Yeah, feelings. You know, when we get there. My only regret is I didn't get the double lightsaber off the off the top. Um, I was watching a bunch of like other players, and they're giving tips. And one of them was to get the double light. Excuse me, okay. like double lightsaber, uh, basically right away. And okay. I didn't. So, um, I'm when I'm done this planet that I'm on, I'm gonna go and get the double lightsaber, and then hopefully jump okay, back see, in the battle. Can I remember yeah. that because I'm not even at that point yet. Yeah, so. there you go. So. All right, so uh, want to talk some Mando? Some Mando, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, the the Baby Yoda show, as I refer to it, mm-hmm. um, because many, many because other people are too. Actually. That character has really <laughs> surpassed the Mandalorian yeah. in, in the hearts of pop culture. Um, but this, but this episode uh, really puts the spotlight uh, back where we thought it was going to be from the beginning, which is on the Mandalorians mm-hmm. uh, on their culture. So. Um, 
you know, a little bit of taking the spotlight back, uh, definitely in this episode. I'm hearing a lot of people say that this is their favorite episode so far. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I get that. I love it. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about one versus the other. I think episode two was great for different reasons. Like I, I just love that Quill character so much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, I just loved the baby Yoda scenes in that one so much, um, that, uh, I, you know, they're, they're equal for me, but, um, we're gonna we're gonna go through this uh, detail by detail. So uh, before we get going, uh, your top line reactions here. Uh, top line reactions. Uh, I dug it. Um, yeah. I I might have to. Are you are you in the this is the best ever episode camp? Like this is what probably, I was waiting. For? Um. Yeah. No. It's. Yeah. I don't know. I it's I I didn't. My initial reaction after watching it wasn't oh my god this is the best episode ever but it was definitely a great episode right so well um, i agree with i agree with you yeah. uh a, a great episode um i am however my friend um going to start getting in trouble now and i oh. and, and we both know that it was only a matter of time uh <laughs> uh you know the, the honeymoon couldn't last forever right. okay what i said two episodes ago that it that it you know it still felt like christmas day 8 p.m and mm -hmm. then what i said last episode was like somehow they figured out a way to extend christmas day and it still felt like christmas day uh that glow is over for me uh, i'm back i'm i'm back in reality world right so now i'm looking at my christmas presents and I'm like, I'm noticing like the flaws or like I've already gotten bored of some of them. And, you know, it's like that. It's like that reality setting in the, the innocence is worn off. And, um, you know, Jared's going to get real about the Mandalorian now because uh, I do have some problems uh, mm -hmm. um, with it. I, I love it. Like, I, I, I can't stress this enough, you know, because uh, people think that people get mad automatically when you have any criticism at all. And I, I, I just want people to get that you can love something and still look at it with a critical eye. And um, I'm definitely starting to get that way about The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have, I have some things that I want to talk about. Um, some things that rub me the wrong way a little bit. Right. Um, and, and, and the first thing, again, is the wrong time. And obviously, this is what we're going to get. Uh, we're going to get 30 minutes a week uh, of content so uh, over eight episodes, we're going to get, you know, a little bit over four hours uh, in a movie. Yeah. Um, again, uh, Disney never promised us uh, an hour long a week. Uh, this was, I guess, an assumption that me and a lot of other people made that this was going to be, quote unquote, long form storytelling. Yeah. Um, and and I, I do feel a little bit ripped off. That's, that's not what we're getting. I, I agree with everybody when they say, but the episode is perfect and. And, and, you know, it, it just, it just felt right. It was fine ending it there. Yeah. It, it, the episodes do feel great. Um, but that doesn't mean if you make them longer, they're not going to feel great still. I mean, mm -hmm. I, that doesn't mean you, you couldn't take like the two half hour ones and make them a great hour, uh, like make them an, an epic, amazing hour. But, but, but it doesn't make great business sense. Mm -hmm. It doesn't for business reasons, it makes more sense to make fantastic 30 minute episodes and spread that out week after week than to do fantastic 60 minute episodes and spread them out week over week because you're getting the exact same payoff for half the money. Uh, so, um, this is, uh, this is, uh, once again, the business world 
kind of peeing on down the neck of art for me. Um, and it does bug me. I, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to complain about it all season. I'm going to, I'm going to stop complaining about it now, actually. Um, because, you know, I still love it, like I said, and these 30 minute episodes are great, but I am disappointed officially. And I hope that we're going to see maybe a little bit of change going forward with the future series. But I, I, I doubt that's true because of, because what we've heard that the MCU shows are going to be the same thing. They're all half an hour. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so this appears to be the business formula that they figured out is going to, um, have the highest return, uh, for investment. And that's exactly what you should expect. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, once again, I'm going to stop complaining about it because I, uh, what are you going to do? What do you do? Right? Fair enough. It doesn't bother it doesn't bother you at all, right? You're in the camp. This is great. I don't care. Uh I I did want to see longer episodes, but I'm also in the camp of I'm not gonna cry myself to sleep about it. Yeah. You which I'm mean? not, which I'm not, which I'm not, but I feel like they're delivering, uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're delivering a top notch uh, product. They I'm are. enjoying it. Um, yes. I don't have really any complaints about it. Um other than yeah, the thirty minute runtime, I'd like to see something longer. But other than that, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, it would be nice to get like maybe a one hour somewhere in between, oh. <laughs> because I don't know, like I like you, I, like you, I was expecting longer episodes. So it is. I was expecting yeah. a six to eight hour movie, and yeah. I'm getting a four. I'm getting a four hour movie. Yeah. Uh, when I was expecting a six to eight hour movie, yeah. I, you know. Uh, Wah, wah, wah. It, could, okay. it could be worse. It could be it could be twenty minute episodes. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're right. right? You're right. It so, could it could be worse. Right? Um, yeah, and 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 we do have the best Star Wars storytelling that we've seen, and and I've I've heard a lot of people say since Return of the Jedi. I've heard some people say since Empire Strikes Back. Mm. I've I've heard people say they like this better than Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and. Um, I may be in the camp of since Return of the Jedi, like this is better than all of it. Like, yeah, like the prequels, the the animated stuff, like uh, Rogue One, which I love. I think I'm putting this like just a notch above it. I'll, um, I'll say I, so far, I think I like Rogue One still more than this. I love Rogue One. You, yeah. you got to understand me. I don't say that easily. Um, and I feel like that this reminds me of Rogue One yes. a bunch of a bunch of times, yeah. um, which is part of um, what gets me excited about it. Um, but I, I do think this is the best Star Wars content we've got. Um, mm. In yeah, I like it better than the prequels. I'm sorry, George Lucas. I I definitely I, like it better than the prequels. As well. I like it yeah. better than the prequels. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, uh, but I'm also you know, not a prequel hater. Like no, me neither. Right? Me neither. You know, um, Attack of the Clones. Maybe I hate Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I gotta think about. Well, that. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can see eye to eye there. <laughs> okay, good, good. But let's talk about this episode. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets everywhere, you yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> it's all grainy <laughs> and sandy. <laughs> like if you. Uh, <laughs> I don't get me started on Attack of the Clones because I just want to go on a rant about George Lucas being locked away in his mansion for 30 years and then trying to reemerge yeah. and write a story about people and he has no idea how people even talk to each other. Like, yeah. okay, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Okay, 
The Mandalorian, Chapter 3, The Sin. Uh, first of all, um, I love the opening scene uh, with the uh, hologram from Griff Carga. Uh, mm. You know, received your message, congratulations. Uh, deliver the cargo straight to the client. I don't know if he wants to eat it or hang it on the wall. It makes no difference to me. Yeah. Uh, just awesome. Just, just, just awesome Star Wars feeling moment there. And, and, and I can't stress enough how right I was about Griff Carga, how right we were, mm -hmm. uh, about, you know, Apollo Creed is one of my favorite parts of the show. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I'm glad that he ends up surviving at the end. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, uh, by the way. Yeah. Huge but, um, spoiler alert on every one of our Mandalorian reviews. Griff Carga, like, um, like, I, I think it's eventually going to come out that he's like Lando's cousin or something. I think he's such a great character that he's got to be like elevated in the lore and yeah. he's got to like, like maintain a like high place or have a high place in star Wars, uh, it's lore. Funny. Cause, uh, you're not the first person I've seen, uh, online anyways, uh, bring uh -huh. this, bring this connection up. Oh, to and Lando. Like, yeah. And it's, it's funny, not because it's they're like, black. It's not yeah, because they're black. No, it's because they're, it's because they, they have a similar, like, persona right like they maybe the mustache and maybe yeah. the haircut i don't know but no but it's funny um, because it seems like every single black person in star wars is related to no <laughs> it's like finn oh he must be related to lando no and, yeah. i don't want to be related to lando but, <laughs> no, but i think is, that, i think that's internet. probably lando's daughter in episode nine i think you're probably yeah, gonna I think i think that's, I think that's gonna be proven true in episode yeah. nine no i agree with that one that, that character's is, gonna yeah. be lando's daughter um but it's it's just funny though. Like every time it's, there's a it's, black guy in Star it's, Wars, okay. it's related to Lando. You're right. You're absolutely right. But right. it's the small universe thing too, right? Yeah. It's the whole. It's you know Darth Vader made C3PO thing all over again. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> it's it's not just a race. It is a racist thing, but it's not just a racist. Yeah. Thing. yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so um, cute scene that we get here, which is a big uh, emotional setup for us, right? Mm -hmm. um, where baby Yoda is, uh, you know, looking over Mando's shoulder while he's flying and he reaches up and he likes the shiny round knob on the gear shift, yeah. which, which happens to resemble a death star. If you like, it's got, uh, it's got, like, I didn't it's got like a bevel. Like, yeah. It's uh -huh. got a bevel around the center. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's just me being weird. Um, but, uh, you know, cute scene. That's not a toy. Give that back. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Baby Yoda is perfect. Like, I can't yeah. stress this enough. Like, this is me and my toddler. Like, this is perfect. And I don't know. Uh, Favreau has kids, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know how old they are. I don't know if he recently had a toddler or if he has one right now. But he seems like uh, he knows how to write a toddler perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> and Deborah Chow did and, a great job directing it. And it's funny because um, I also see online uh people are starting to dub this uh baby yoda kevin <laughs> kevin yeah <laughs> so <laughs> there was a meme uh i guess whatever and it's i don't remember exactly how it went but they said something about it being named kevin so there is some people out there who are referring to this baby yoda as kevin just throwing that out there <laughs> why kevin is it i don't know um okay like i said i saw i saw on facebook somewhere there was a meme and it said something about like i'm not gonna call this thing baby everybody yoda. everybody keeps trying to rename baby yoda yeah. right like Yodling, like 
like Mac was on with us last week. He called it Yodeling. Yeah. Uh, there's another podcast that's taken off. Yeah. Um, uh, on uh, the Force.net's podcast, Forcecast. Um, uh, on there, they call it Yiddle. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but it's just baby yoda guys yeah. like it, it like like let's just stay all, all stay on the well, same page in all, it's fair, just baby in all yoda. fairness either baby yoda or kevin uh, uh, we'll we'll set both <laughs> fair enough fair enough but i I, uh, I mean you know how i feel though this baby yoda craze mm-hmm. yeah has taken over the world so strongly that it's only a matter of time before we get the logical next step Baby Count Dooku, <laughs> and then our baby lightsaber battle <laughs> between Baby Yoda and Baby Count Dooku. Like yeah. this is absolutely going to happen. Like guarantee it. Mark my words. I guarantee. Yeah. Baby Count Dooku is coming because of all the ching. Baby Yoda is is gonna drop on Disney. Yeah, I'm still. Uh, I'm still. Uh... I, I'm still on the um, on the side that it should have been a baby Jar Jar. <laughs> yes, a baby Gunding. I, I have seen the baby Jar Jar memes, as <laughs> including from you, but I've from many other places. The baby Jar Jar memes have been going around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, okay, let me let me ask you a serious question: if, uh-huh. if they went, if they did do the uh, baby Jar Jar thing, uh-huh. now. <laughs> Do you think that would have went over as well as uh, a baby Yoda? Oh, Christ, no. Oh, or, Christ, no. Or do you think people would be like, just kill it? No. <laughs> baby Yoda is adorable. Baby Jar Jar yeah. would look like a salamander or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. Baby Jar Jar would even be cute. I don't... <laughs> I think baby baby Jar Jar would be cute. Any any baby... Well, look at the Muppet Babies. Come on. Like, baby any, Yoda... any baby version of <laughs> of a, a real, like... Or not real, but of, um, of an adult character... Um, it's always going to be cute. So even a baby Jar Jar would be cute. Sure. It'd be I annoying, <laughs> but it'd be cute. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I Lisa don't know. I want some milk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I went there. <laughs> the Mandalorian takes the baby back <laughs> to the... To the planet, which has a name. I don't know the name of it, but some people know it. I guess it's been given. Uh, mm-hmm. This Outer Rim world where the client lives and where the Mandalorian's covert yep. is. Yep. And where the Bounty Hunters Guild tends to, or well, seems to be centered, unless it just happens to be like one bar with a lot of Bounty Hunters in it and like one guild guy who gives out bounties and that's like a common thing i don't know yeah but it seems like there's a lot going on in this one outer rim world um that all you know anyway all this is going on here yeah. mando goes back there with baby yoda and we get the uh, kind of the the heart the heartstring ripping parts here right we see baby yoda just looking scared uh, just this is like a, just a, the saddest look on baby yeah. yoda's face through all these scenes yeah. and it is it is so painful for me to watch as a new dad for me to see this baby Yoda who looks like such a real toddler and yeah. acts like such a real toddler just looking so I, scared. <laughs> I absolutely love the as soon as he um he came up to the like the door or whatever with the yeah. um uh the eyeball thing that comes out. I don't, I don't yeah. know if that thing has a name or not. Um and as soon as the stormtroopers came out 
Mm-hmm. Right? As soon as they stepped out through the door, baby Yoda's ears immediately His ears dropped, dropped. Yep. like a dog. And I was yep. just like, that's awesome. One, yep. in storytelling. And he recognized <clears throat> Yeah, did he, he, has, he has clearly, he seen them before? He clearly he recognized know, he it. Knows, yeah, right. Right. Um, yep. Um, so yeah, and then and then of course the stormtroopers, they take the baby Yoda and they hit a little roughly, and the Mandalorian has a problem with it, and the Mandalorian's starting to show. Wait a minute, I I maybe care about this baby Yoda a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, he goes in and he gets his Beskar medal. He takes his payment yeah. for his bounty, uh, and he gives them the child. And just uh, one thing I wanna I wanna talk about. Yes. So um, you know the, the 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 device that he brings up and puts on the table that's holding the Mandalorian yes. uh, payment. You know, uh, yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you got the reference or not, yeah. but um, yeah, it's the ice cream, the infamous ice cream maker from the uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back in the. Yes. Um, um, the, the evacuation, evacuation of, uh, of uh, Cloud City, yes. Best bit. Yes. <laughs> uh, this yeah. ice cream maker, which yeah. I was familiar with when Melinda and I were watching this episode, yeah. I said to her, those are the loot bins from uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Okay. When you, get, when you get loot bins, they are those things. Oh, really? Okay. And, and when and you, you hit Y to open them, they open like that. The sides come open, and then yeah. they show you what's inside. It's been a while since so, I played that. I don't remember. I, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, yes, they are also this famous ice cream maker thing from uh, Empire Strikes Back. So this is a great deep cut. This is another great uh, Star Wars fandom service moment. Yes. This just bringing this back in <laughs> and making it this plot device. Um <laughs> Will uh, Hood. It was the uh, the character's name that carried the infamous ice cream maker on Cloud City. Who shall forever live in infamy? <laughs> I'm waiting for the six inch uh, black series uh, figure of that one. You know what? It's probably it probably exists. It, I, it uh, if it's not fan made, it will be coming eventually. I'm sure. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. With those baby Yoda plushies, got to get <laughs> those to go. this market. Gotta get those. I'm, I gotta get one for my kid. Like I, I'm yeah. gonna be first in line for a baby Yoda plushie. Well, there you go. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, anything else in this scene here? Uh, we see Doctor Pershing very excited. Uh, he scans the child. The child doesn't seem to like being scanned. No. Uh, but you know they seem very excited that the child is healthy. Yeah. Um, and uh, they take it away, and it's it's heartbreaking the way Baby Yoda is looking back at the Mandalorian. Like, are you really going to let them take me? Like, please yeah. don't let them take me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's how I'm going to feel when my kid is going to kindergarten on his first day. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not going to be able, like, I'm not going to be able to let them take him. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get through that day. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was a hard scene for me to watch. Um, and it's, and you know, it's important. It, it was, it's intentional because it leads to the dramatic weight of this of this episode yeah um so far this episode i want to say was completely telegraphed like didn't you think so like like all of these events the way they happened in order were exactly what i expected to happen yeah in this episode because i don't have a, i don't have a problem with i'm not complaining yeah but but yeah none of it was a surprise every, every all of it was kind of working out exactly yeah uh it was, definitely it was predictable good. obviously right yeah um one thing mm-hmm. i want to say about this scene 
that uh, it debunked what a lot of people were saying. Like, uh, like everybody's reviews of episode two were saying, uh, was it episode two or episode one? It was episode one. Uh, they were saying when IG-11 showed up with, the, with another tracking fob, and when IG-11's instructions were to kill the child, not dead or alive, like Mando's instructions, mm-hmm. everybody was saying, oh, that means the, that his bounty is from someone else. That means there are other people looking for the baby besides the Empire. It could be the New Republic. It could be anybody. But yeah. we're going to find out. There's probably lots of different people trying to find this baby. Mm-hmm. No. Not the case. Well, Everybody yeah. jumped to the wrong conclusion. Everybody who, who I listened to jumped to the wrong conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> the guilt, Grief Karga, just gave out key fobs to ev- tracking fobs to everybody yeah. for, for this one bounty, for this one client, for the Empire, because the Empire wants this baby. Yeah. Uh, we, still, we still don't, haven't, hasn't been revealed to us why uh, i think it's i think it's debatable whether they want to clone the child or whether the child is a clone that they created mm-hmm. uh and i'm sure we will we will well, they soon said something about extract the yes um whatever yes. it was from yes. the child it's come, it's come so clearly the episode. yeah yes. so clearly they want the blood or whatever they want a right? sample uh a lot of people are saying oh mm. please don't say it's midichlorians please don't say it's midichlorians and i was waiting for that too to tell you the truth i <laughs> actually fucking disagree yeah i actually disagree i say george lucas put midi chlorians in there and then george lucas never mentioned them again Mm -hmm. right like because of the backlash and and if you continue to never mention them again because of the backlash then i don't know i think that's wrong i think you got i think i think you've made them canon you have to mention them. You like yeah. you don't have to make them the focus of the story, but I think if you're talking about taking blood, especially yeah. from a from a from a force user to create more force users or to do whatever you're going to do with it with the force, obviously something to do with the force. Then, if you don't mention midichlorians, it is such a glaring thing that you don't right. Like you've, it's like it's obviously led to be mentioned here like logically right because yeah. uh, it was obviously a common thing in the phantom menace right it was just a blood test and like 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 it was it seemed like it was a normal thing to get this blood test to check your midi chlorine count mm-hmm. in the phantom menace did it not yeah most definitely right so i think no matter what you think of the of the prequels no matter what you think of george lucas's decision to put midi chlorines in there you have to be okay with them at least mentioning it again because mm-hmm. it's 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 there. It's in canon. It's I don't canon. Know. Yeah. I think if you don't mention it now, you're you're making it stand out by omission. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you if you don't like if you don't want it to be a subject, then you just mention it and you say it's no big deal. Like it, we know we know they exist, but we're not going to talk about it any more than that. I don't. Know. Anyway, just my opinion. <laughs> you definitely don't want to hear midi midi chlorians. You don't want to hear that word ever again, right? Me, I have no problem with midichlorians. Okay, I have. I've never I, I had. I thought a problem you said. With... I thought you said you don't want to hear it. No, Sorry. no, no, no. Um, it's okay from from their standpoint. It's a risky word to use in this yeah. toxic fandom. Yeah, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm not one of those people that I'd be like, he said midichlorians, turn it off. I don't. I don't you think it's I mean? that risky. 
day. I think it would have been risky 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but now millennials have taken over the fandom culture, right? Like, mm-hmm. like everybody's website, everybody's podcast, it's all millennials now, and they love the prequels. Yeah. And I, right. I don't think, I don't think you would have a major back. I think from guys in our generation, that you'll hear a big groan. Yeah. But I think from what is probably the majority of your market now, I don't think you'll hear that much complaint if you if you drop a midi chlorian reference right. into the thing. Uh, I, you know, I don't make the move, don't make the show about midi chlorians. But no. um, uh, anytime you bring back canon from the prequels, you're going to make millennials happy. I, I'm, I guarantee it. Yeah. Um, you know, give yeah, them, no, death, no, give no them death sticks, you know? Yeah, I have no problem with death sticks. Whip it all out. <laughs> I have no problem with the word medichlorians. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people were, like, shitting on it, like, even back then. And I was always like, I think it's a cool fucking word. Who doesn't like saying medichlorians? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And and if if there's some kind of and, – and there is some kind of genetic element to being able to use the force. Like, mm-hmm. yes, anybody can use the force. Yeah. But – some people have an inborn ability yeah. to use it more easily. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like, like Beethoven was born learning to knowing how to play the piano. Right. Sometimes you're born with just the ability to use it. And yeah, you can explain that with a blood test. That's fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Like, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Um, so sorry. Where were we in this episode? Okay. Uh, we were doing the exchange ice cream yep. machine and he takes his best car. And then yeah. he does what we don't expect him to do. He starts to break emotionally and he asks the client what they plan to do with the child. Yeah. And the client bitches him out for that. Yeah. He says, that's not cool guy. That's against the code. It's against the guild code. He says to, if, if, if in G money speak, he was like, guy, that's not cool guy. <laughs> don't ask me that guy. That's against the code guy. There you go. That's not how G talks, really. But, yeah, um, <laughs> come on, you nailed that. Um, anyway, it's not cool. It's not cool to ask the client. He's, he said, "You've taken payment. You, you're supposed to forget these act. Any of these events occurred now." Mm-hmm. And Mando doesn't have much to say. He takes his best car and he leaves. Yep. And he goes to the armorer. Yep. And here we go. And uh, I, I'm actually gonna. We're gonna do something that we don't usually do here. We're actually gonna play some clips here yeah. from the armor scene, because so much of I think what is really important about this episode in particular happens in these two minutes or mm-hmm. two and a half minutes uh, of the episode uh, in the armor, which is the covert. Now we know this is what they call it. This is the Mandalorian hideout, um, and we get a lot of information about the Mandalorians and what's going on yep. in their, in their covert here. Um, so, uh, do you want to just, uh, play the clip, uh, yep. from, okay. So we're going to play like a minute of this scene, uh, where the Mandalorian sits down with the armor mm-hmm. in the covert and, and shows her how much Beskar metal he has. Yep. And, and this is the exchange that follows. All right, here we go. This amount can be shaped many ways. My armor has lost its integrity. I may need to begin again. Indeed. I can form a full cuirass. This would be in order for your station. That would be a great honor. I must warn you, it will draw many eyes. Huh. 
These were cast in an Imperial smelter. These are the spoils of the Great Purge. The reason that we live hidden like sand rats. Our secrecy is our survival. Our survival is our strength. Our strength was once in our numbers. Now we live in the shadows and only come above ground one at a time. Our world was shattered by the Empire with whom this coward shares tables. Okay, let's pause here. So apparently the uh, the big guy is rumored to be Favreau's voice. It, it's confirmed. It's John is Favreau it? yeah, it's playing, okay. playing the heavy infantryman uh, in this scene. Um, so so what happens here? Uh, the Mandalorian is sitting down with the armorer and all of the other Mandalorians in this covert, which I refer to as a cave sometimes. It's not really a cave. It's more of a basement. It's mm-hmm. in a building, right? But it's underground. Yeah. Um, so all of the Mandalorians kind of circle around to look at all of this Beskar metal that he just dropped on the table. Yeah. And and one of them is a heavy infantry guy. And um, he has this exchange that we just heard where he accuses the Mandalorian of being a coward and a traitor for working for the Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out so much in this scene. Uh, we find out that... Well, more details about what we've been had intimidated intimated to, for us before, which is that there was this great purge. So the Empire at some point turned on the Mandalorians, apparently wiped them out, took all their Beskar, yeah. and since then, the Mandalorians have all gone into hiding, and they live in these hideouts called coverts, and they only go to the surface one at a time, meaning. While the Mandalorian, while we've been watching this guy having all these adventures, all of these other Mandalorians have had to stay underground Mm -hmm. because he's out on the surface and only one of them is allowed to be out on the surface at at one time because they are they are so in hiding now uh, since this great purge. Why they would still be in hiding at this point, I'm not sure because the Emperor's Empire's gone. And so now they seem to be like probably on equal footing with any other like force that's out there. Uh, and we see that in this episode. Um, but, um, you know, I, I have some problems here, Kev. Okay. And I, I, I don't, I, uh, we're going to get to more dialogue mm-hmm. after this. I I, sh- I, I don't want to I don't want to skip ahead because the next dialogue is important to what I wanted to complain about. But yeah. <laughs> um, just just I mean the first time we saw this covert, I had a problem with all of the Mandalorians hanging out underground together in full armor with all of their helmets on. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a f- if you're a fan of the animated shows, you have seen these characters uh, plenty. Like in they they've been in Clone Wars, they've been in Rebels, and we've we've hung out with them plenty. We spent plenty of time with plenty of Mandalorians. Now, mm-hmm. like Boba Fett and Jango Fett are not our only examples now. And all of those Mandalorians that we hung out with took their helmets off all the time. Yeah. Um. So, what I really liked about Episode One, and what like one of the very first things that I really loved about Episode One was that toilet in the spaceship. Yeah. Right. And what did I say? It's because I want to imagine that this is a world that I could somehow escape to and live in. 
And if I if I had to, I could actually live there, right? Mm. So when you give me these characters that behave in a way that real people just couldn't, like you couldn't spend all of your time wearing this armor. Yeah. Like when you were alone with your comrades in a hidden place, you would absolutely take your fucking armor off. I'm sorry for swearing, yeah. but this this show is always parental guidance. Um, like, I, I, I'm really torn. I love the lore. I love the whole stuff about the purge. I love the whole stuff about we're in hiding. I love, uh, the forging of the armor. I love the cool forge, the design of it. I love the designs of the new armors. Although sometimes I think they're shot a little too openly and I have the Batman problem again in which I just want them to not look like cosplayers ever. Yeah. Right. Like I, I want them to be just always look cool <laughs> and superhuman. Right. Um, <clears throat> so sorry, go ahead. I, I, okay. I get your, I get your complaints cause I thought that was a little, a little odd too. Um, we didn't hear the line yet, did we? No, the line. No, was... no, we didn't. We didn't get to the line yet, and that's okay. why I, I I jumped ahead. I, I okay. jumped ahead, kind of. But but so l- let's just top up what we what we've learned so far. Okay. Uh, they're in hiding. They go out one at a time. Uh, they hate the empire. Um, and um, yeah, Mando's in trouble with them right now because he just got this Beskar medal from the Empire. Yeah. So let's finish. Let's finish this scene, and then, we'll, okay. and then we'll really talk about it. All right. So hit play. Yes, please. Okay. The Empire is no longer, and the Beskar has returned. When one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. How can one be a coward if one chooses this way of life? Have you ever removed your helmet? No. Has it ever been removed by others? Never. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. What caused this damage? A mudhorn. Then you have earned the mudhorn as your signet. I shall craft it. I can't accept. It wasn't a noble kill. I was helped by an enemy. Why would an enemy help you in battle? It did not know it was my enemy. Since okay. you forego a signet, I shall use the excess to forge whistling birds. Whistling birds will do well. Reserve some for the foundlings. As it should always be. The foundlings are the future. This is the way. This is the way. Okay, let's stop there. This is the way. 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 Love it. Okay. I love it. I love that we've got another new slogan from this show. Amazing writing The the Mandalorians and their, and their whole, their whole philosophy and their whole, um, their whole way of behaving. It reminds me of great 
stuff that I loved before, like previous like Klingon culture stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like samurai warrior culture stuff. Um, it is really cool. Like these guys have been wronged, and they have clearly, uh, you know, uh, they've taken strength in in each other and in their their bonds and their rituals. Right. Um. I is re- the, the dialogue in this scene. I mean, we're going to get past the helmet thing, right? But but uh, <laughs> the, I mean, he says. She says, have you ever removed your helmet? She doesn't say, have you ever removed your helmet in front of someone who's not a member of the clan? Yeah. You know, she never said, have you ever removed your helmet in public? She said, have you ever removed your helmet? Right. Now, that is very specific, Kevin. Like, do you think that I'm wrong? Do you think that I'm being too uptight about this? Like, I I, I feel feel like they're saying he wears it to eat. Yeah, no, I feel like it's an overanalyzation because realistically, come on, how has he never ever taken? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, though, Kev. Like, like, but but it's such clear dialogue. Yeah, no, I feel I feel like maybe there was something missing, Um, like a uh, caveat, like we're allowed to take off our helmet in private when no one else is there. Exactly. Um, Okay, here here. Go ahead. I, no, I was gonna say, like, I get, I get what you're saying, because I also was thrown back by that line when I first watched the show. I was like, really? What about when you sleep, motherfucker? Right? But um, I totally get what you're saying. But How do you wash your hair? Know, yeah, I feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like that line was probably written that way for a certain reason. And right. I don't feel like it's just because he never takes it off. I feel like it was implied that he never takes it off in front of other people or in public. Um, because clearly this is a line. I, I said this to you when uh, we talked about this the other day. Um, I feel like this is a line, which is a total setup where he will remove his helmet before the end of this season. And that's just the big build up line for that moment. I don't know. I that's have, how I feel. I, I absolutely agree with you. The only reason that line is in there is because there is a dramatic reveal coming when we finally see Pedro Pascal's face. I don't know if I agree with you that it's him that removes the helmet. I think it may be an enemy that removes the helmet and it's a, it's a, and it's a dramatic moment for that reason. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We shall see. Um, but I, you're absolutely right. The only reason the line is there is because there's going to be a reveal later. It's going to be a big deal. Right. Cause like even, even in, um, and I know you're not a huge fan of the cartoons, but even Rebels, uh, they went to Mandalore and the Mandalorians took off their helmets. Sabine um, never wore her helmet. Sabine wore her helmet in battle. Yeah, that right? was it. So she wore in battle uh, when she was on the you, ship. You, she you couldn't had see her cool punk rock yeah. hair if she kept her helmet on. Exactly. Right? So she wore in battle. So you need, <laughs> listen, listen, I'm just going to say this. I can let the helmet thing go if you give me just one line explaining that this is your new rule that you made since the purge. Yes. Um, explain that Mandalorians became like fundamentalists. Like I like in episode two, he used the line weapons are part of my religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now when you bring that angle into the Mandalorian culture, all of a sudden the idea of wearing uncomfortable clothing mm-hmm. 
all the time, even when you're around other people of your own religion, kind of feels like, oh, maybe there is a real world connection to this ritual. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is to show their extreme fundamentalism and they have like a religious reason for even when they're alone underground in a room together, yeah. they keep their damn helmets on. Right. Um, but I need that. I need a line. I need an explanation. It could, and, be, and it could be coming. Yeah, uh, it better be. It yeah. better be. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I expect it is. I expect it is. And I yeah. trust that it is actually. Yeah. Um, but I need it for sure. Because, you know, Dave Filoni knows that we all remember Sabine. Like, (laughs) it it can't just be an oversight. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, So, the next important thing I think about this scene is this dialogue about the Mandalorian. And uh, we we learn more about their culture. Where he says, uh, where she says, uh, because you got this damage uh, defeating a Mudhorn in battle, uh, then your signet should be i forget the ram yeah the, the ram the mudhorn ram. right but the signet was the ram okay i think i think she said that was the ram no i'm pretty sure she said the mudhorn and then that will be your signet is... i think she said then i shall craft the ram as your signet but uh um, oh, she said uh, i i don't know. I'm, not, I I'm not i'm not sure whichever it is when you anyway. said mudhorn i feel like she said then she was like that would be your signet and he's like, well, I'm not I, I, I totally, just, I totally want to, I totally want to press play and just find out what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to bring it back? <laughs> I have it. Okay. We're gonna find. Do you want? You should play play the theme song while I scroll through. <laughs> okay, play the theme. Right. Yeah. Musical interlude. Love this music. It it's very Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, another reason this scene is great: vibro blades. Everybody's got vibro yeah. knives. Yeah. Something that we hear about in Star Wars a lot, but we haven't seen on the screen a lot. Okay, what caused this damage? A mudhorn. Oh, you're right. Then you have earned a mudhorn as your signature. Very good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Interlude over. Kevin is right, as always. And you know what? While we're here, while I am embarrassed because I was wrong and you're right about something, <laughs> I need to apologize to you about the whole life day, light day thing. Oh. <laughs> you were right. I was wrong. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, and I apologize. <laughs> right, I was wrong. Apologies. It, it's light. It's life. It's life. Life day, not light day. I think that's bad writing. But first of all, George Lucas. I think it's it should be light day. He it's didn't. Cri- he he cri- didn't write that. <laughs> yeah, it's from the Christmas special. I know, but he didn't write the Christmas special. Remember? He did. No. I think he did. No, look it up, dude. He didn't write it. Why do you think okay. he wants every single copy destroyed? <laughs> All he did was someone came to him and was like, hey, I got this idea. And he was like, okay, that's more money for daddy. No, I think he wrote it and he's lying. But uh, anyway. I'll look it up right uh, now. Okay. Um, 
it should be light day. Like it's Christmas is named after Christ, so the the Force holiday should be named after the good side of the Force. Like obviously that's the the thing that you're borrowing from. Right. Um, but it's life day, and you were right, and I was wrong, and that was the point of me bringing it up. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars holiday special. Raiders. Oh, fuck you, Ed. Raiders. Uh, Rob Warren, Bruce Valanche. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's he's not even he's not even a writing credit. Rob Warren, yeah. Bruce Valanche, Pat Proft, Leonard Rips, and Mitzi Welch. You you can't see the invisible writing credit. That's all. <laughs> like. The only thing he, he was had, like, he was like, fine, we'll do it, but but I'm not putting my name on it. Uh, you guys are going to have to take the blow. For dude, me. he wasn't even a producer on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, okay, think... George. Okay, George. <laughs> Only the good ideas were yours. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know what? He didn't. I heard he didn't like Timothy Zahn too. I heard he didn't like uh, Thrawn. Like the stuff that I don't like. I, I heard he didn't like that either. Uh, yeah. That that's encouraging. To me. Anyway. Oh, Ralph McQuarrie did the was the illustrator, but yeah, no, his name is not attached to this whatsoever, dude. Cool. So okay, so back to this scene. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, important dialogue, uh, because uh, he he rejects the Mudhorn as his signet, mm-hmm. and and the reasoning is it's it's this is deep into Mandalorian uh, culture now. This is their rules that they live by. This is like. This is like their their Sun Tzu kind of uh, rules they're giving us now. Um, he can't accept his signet. It wasn't an honorable kill yeah. because he was helped by an enemy. Yeah. And we're like, enemy? Exactly. You're calling Baby Yoda your enemy, and uh, the armorer has the same reaction that we do. Uh, yeah. Basically, she wants an explanation. Yeah. Why would your enemy help you? And then he says this great moving line, really. Like, this line moved me. Yeah. It gave me a chill. Um, uh, because he didn't know he was my enemy yet. Yeah, he's basically saying because I hadn't betrayed him yet. Yeah, right. Like I had saved him, but he didn't know that I had saved him to give him back to those he was trying to escape. Like he was admitting his wrongdoing. Yeah, to the child. And this brings up a question to me. It's a sad, poignant moment to me, and I, and I think it's when I think it's when he turns the corner, probably emotionally in his own head, um, when he says that line. Um, but it raises the question to me: the title of this episode kind of left me a little puzzled. Um, I think I understand it now, but at first I didn't understand what the sin was referring to. Like, did they mean the sin of him? giving the child to the client. Um, But then later on, I think I've come to the acceptance that what the sin is, is that he, he breaks the bounty hunter code. Yeah. That's how I took it. Okay. But that hasn't happened yet. We haven't got to that part of the episode yet, but no, but this is, Uh, this is what I I was thinking like afterwards. I'm like, okay, so that's why it was called the sin. Right. Cool. So, any more th- any more thoughts on this scene? Like the uh, the code is very important to Mandalorians, and the code is very important to the Bounty Hunters Guild too. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with the rules of different worlds uh, that the Mandalorian is trying to follow. Um, pr- 
probably colliding here in some ways. Um, but uh, all of this is great storytelling. All of this is great Star Wars lore, right? Like, yeah. this is world building. Like, all of this stuff is permanently etching itself into Star Wars lore now, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm loving this Mandalorian stuff. How, how do you feel about this scene before we move on? Oh, I thought it was a great scene. And like I said, the only thing that took me back was the exact same thing that took you back. Um, was the whole uh, removing the helmet thing. But I feel like that uh, that whole thing's going to be resolved um, in the next few episodes. Because I feel, like I said, um, I feel like they purposely left out the line in public. Right. So, I don't know. Um, I have a feeling it's going to... Yeah, uh, hopefully it, it, it fixes. We'll it, see. So. We, we'll because, see. Yeah, so just like you, I, as soon as he said that, I was thinking of Sabine. I was thinking of yeah. the Mando, Mandalore in the Rebels uh, TV sh- uh, series. Right. And what, what, what most people are, are going to think of, yeah. though, is Django and Boba Fett, right? And they're not real Mandalorians, fine, but yeah. but they are as much as the Mandalorian in this one is because they were foundlings in their own way. Yeah. Right. The, uh, Django was taken in by the Mandalorians. He didn't just find the armor at a at a yard sale. Like he he was he was a member. He, he didn't fight with the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um. So like if if all of that was part of Mandalorian culture all along, Django and Boba would have followed that. Yeah. Uh, well, I so, guess Boba did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what we know of him, not as a child. Oh, uh, we don't I, know I, him as a yeah, child, yeah, but I'm saying right. in the films, he never took off his helmet. Yeah, that's true. Um, in the cartoon that he was featured in, he didn't take off his helmet. You know what I mean? That's so, true. Yeah. That's true. So I guess Boba followed we, we the code. We only saw but, the face of child, child Boba. Yeah. <laughs> we did see the face of child Boba, yes. Um, but uh, maybe that's just this new world, right? This is the new world that they live in after the Empire. Maybe this is right. this is what right. the code that they follow now is that they don't take right. off their helmets part again, of their extremist yeah. uh, lifestyle yeah so uh, again hopefully these uh these questions are going to be resolved uh in the next few episodes and i'm still convinced that the only reason why this was even this line was even thrown in there is because of the big reveal when he finally takes off his helmet and i feel like coming. I don't know. I just picture there's that one scene in the trailer, in one of the trailers, where a girl tries to take off his helmet, and he stops her. I have a feeling when that scene continues, it's going to be him taking it off, not her. You know what I'm saying? So this is yeah. this is why I feel like this is a throw-in line for a another big scene. Whatever it happens, I feel like it's going to happen publicly. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like it's going to make him have oh. no safe place to go anymore. Right, like it's going to mean he won't be welcome among the Mandalorians anymore yeah. after he does that. I don't. Know, I feel. I don't feel like it's going to be in a public setting. I just feel it's going to be in front of one person. That's the way I look at it, anyways. I, I feel like for real drama, it's got to have the weight of everybody seeing his helmet come off, right? And then and it it being like a terrible shame backwards. and yeah, yeah. Um, because I it's so far it seems like things just kind of get worse and worse. The situation just gets hotter and hotter mm-hmm. for Mandalorian, and I expect that to continue. Every episode we're going to end with it. He, he's in a little bit hotter water yeah. at the end of every every episode. I think um, if that happens, you think they'll use a the theme song, Mandalorian on the run, <laughs> Mandalorian on the run. <laughs> I'm sure Paul McCartney is waiting for that <laughs> phone call right. Now. For 
for for Disney to license the music of Wings. Uh, yeah. Freestyle. Band, Freestyle that was. Grief Cargo, Client Dr. Pershing, searching everyone for Mandalore. the Mandalorian. Oh. Yeah, the Mandalorian. On the run. Oh, <clears throat> uh, shit. Good, stuff. Good times on the uh, tool for this podcast. <laughs> uh, we haven't tried rapping yet. When are we no. going to do our first? I, I, I think one day we have to wrap a review. We should pick it. We should pick something. We should use do you want episode nine. Episode <laughs> I, nine. I think we let's should let's use... wrap our episode nine. <laughs> we should. Uh, I should really put a vet's vet on uh, in our uh, soundtrack rotation here. You ever heard that song? Which that's that's vet. Never heard that track. Okay, I'm gonna send it to you after this. I, it's not ringing a bell. Yeah, it's uh, it was used in. Um, you ever seen Zach and Miri make a porno? Yeah. Uh, do you remember the scene where they're dressing up like Star Wars characters? Because that's the porno that they decided to go with. A, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The song playing in that in that scene is vet's vet, and it's about. Okay. Um, or sorry, Fet's vet. Sorry, I was saying it wrong. Fet's uh. vet. It's a uh, it, yeah. If you listen to the lyrics, it's pure like. Star Wars. <laughs> is it as good as Chewbacca, What a Wookiee? Uh, I think it's better. But yeah. Oh, Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a Wookiee. Wookie. <laughs> Great song. <Chewie>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we are nerds. Yes. We are nerds. Yes. It's true. <laughs> so yeah. Um, uh, go, yeah, where were we? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the Mandalorian gets his new armor. Yes. Uh, um, and he comes strutting. Stratton out yeah. of the covert, yeah. bright and shiny, yeah. um, and and we, we we have seen this in the in the uh, trailers already. Yeah, uh, but it looks very cool. Uh, he, it's it's a very cool hero moment um, where he's basically leveled up, right? Yep. Uh, in the in the video game, I, I still feel that that total video game vibe of this series, where we have watched the the Mandalorian level up a couple of times. Yeah. The same way he would in a video game, yeah. and that's cool. It doesn't bug me yet, but um, it's fun. I yeah. think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, then. Uh, so then he immediately goes back to Grief Karga yeah. with his new armor, and uh, this is where we get the scene where Grief Karga explains to him that he gave out tracking fobs to every other bounty hunter for this bounty, yeah. and all of the other bounty hunters are mad at him that he. Got this, the richest prize the Parsec has ever seen. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, which sets up uh, the tension for later. One thing we kind of skipped over here was during the armor scene, we had more of the flashbacks to the Mandalorian's childhood. Yes, so him as a child, yes. Right. And yeah. we get these great Clone Wars flashbacks, which is, remember what I was saying, when the, the millennials, the more Clone Wars you give them, the more they're going to love this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why this show is like for all of us, right? It's for every generation of fans, right? Like we started out saying that this was for us, the the original trilogy guys, but there's a lot of Clone Wars in this show. Yeah. Like it's a fair balance. Like I don't think it's weighted more towards original trilogy guys at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though original tri- trilogy guys love this show, I think if you're a millennial, you got every reason to love the show just as much. Right. Um, this Clone War stuff is cool, and we see basically what happens here is 
the reason the Mandalorian doesn't like droids is because his parents were killed by droids uh, in the Clone Wars. Right. Uh, uh, we see these uh, separatist battle droids. Um, and we don't see his parents killed on screen, but we basically get uh, the picture that that's what happens. And, and the flashback ends with the separatist battle droid training its guns on the Mandalorian as a child. Mm-hmm. So we can assume that when we see the rest of this, we're going to see who rescues him. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people debating who is going to be rescuing him. It's obviously going to be a Mandalorian rescuing him. Like you would, yeah, you would think so. He's a foundling. It's yeah. his whole origin. It's the whole reason he's a Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously going to be a Mandalorian. Who rescues. I've heard people saying it's going to be Yoda. Yeah. I, who uh, rescues him. And like, that's why he has his crying out loud. People for, yeah, yeah. No, no. his re- if he was Yoda, then his reaction when he saw the baby at first would have been a little more over the top. Yeah. I think, I, I, like, he loves the baby because he's a foundling and he has a soft spot for children mm-hmm. who are orphaned. Right? It's not because he was rescued by Yoda. Come yeah. on, guys! It's not going to be a Jedi. It's a it's a Mandalorian. Yeah. It's it's the whole point of this show. Anyway, um, I can't wait to get the rest of that scene though because those are cool scenes. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think it'll uh, be, I'll think it'll, it'll be Sabine because that would make sense timeline wise, right? Oh really? I never thought of that. Yeah, maybe because Filoni, right? Filoni would love Filoni would love to have Sabine be the one who rescues him, mm-hmm. and then and then have you know maybe he already knows Ahsoka Tano. Like I'm I'm still sure Ahsoka Tano. Like this is my prediction for the end of this. If not the end of the season, then for the end of the series, like because like, I don't know, I don't know how long they're going to play out the Baby Yoda chase, mm-hmm. or if we're going to move on to a different main plot, and, and and the Baby Yoda chase is going to end at the end of this season. But I think the Baby Yoda chase is going to go on, mm-hmm. and I think maybe the end of the series, if not the season, is him delivering the baby safely to the care of Ahsoka Tano, right? Which would explain why the baby wasn't around for the events of the sequels, because Ahsoka is like, no, we need to stay away from the Jedi and the Sith. Yep. You know, she's she's already distanced herself from all of that, and she's going to take that baby and keep it safe from the Jedi and Sith, the same way she's keeping herself away from it, right? Yep, that makes sense. Um, and and we know Filoni wants to, we know Filoni wants to bring Ahsoka in. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Uh, I absolutely believe we're going to see Ahsoka in this show, maybe not this season, but in this show. And so I, 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 I would believe Sabine too then. Fine. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, love the Mandalorian's origin story. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and just the beautiful, I, I, I gotta believe that this storytelling, uh, the whole connection with baby Yoda, the whole like, uh, the the whole Mandalorian Baby Yoda dynamic. I gotta believe that that's all John Favreau, okay. because it's it's such perfect storytelling. It draws at the heart, heartstrings so perfectly. It draws connections so perfectly. It is such beautiful storytelling. You know the whole thing with the gear shift and the ball is what I'm talking about, right? Like yeah. when this show slows down and when it's not an action movie. And when it just has like a slow moment, it it's it's always so smart and it's always so spot on tonally, and and I gotta believe that's John Favreau, yeah, um, his writing uh, absolutely, and some great directing. There's been like and I, uh, 
sorry, was it Dorothy Chow? It's not Olivia uh, Chow, it's Dorothy Chow. I think is it Deborah Chow from America? Deborah Chow. Did I say Dorothy earlier? Yeah, you said Dorothy. Uh, I believe it's Deborah. Let me just Google this really quick. <clears throat> I don't want to get this wrong again because she did a great job. Yes, mm -hmm. it's Deborah Chow. First female live action Star Wars director in the history of Star Wars, Deborah Chow. Yeah. Um, you know, was this episode like uh, an amazing feat of direction? You know, it's debatable, but she did a good job uh, for sure. Um, definitely credit where credit is due. Looking forward to her work on the Obi-Wan show. Yeah. Uh, I just hope she has like closer to a 45 minute runtime than a 30 minute runtime on that show. Yes. Fingers crossed. Anyway. Yes. <sighs> Credit work. Much agreed. So yeah, uh, we get the whole scene where um, the Mandalorian goes to get his next bounty. And this is telling us that he feels guilty. He wants to get out of town. He wants to forget about Baby Yoda and the terrible thing that he just did, yep. turning Baby Yoda over. So he says, I want my next bounty. He takes the farthest job away. Um, <laughs> the puck is interesting. Uh, it's, um, sorry, what's uh, It's a Cal it's Mon a Cal Calamari. Yeah, Mon Calamari. And it's the son of a Mon Calamari nobleman. Now, this is piques people's interest because we have heard a lot about the son of Admiral Akbar being in episode nine. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that Admiral Akbar was a nobleman. So I don't know if this connection is going to be a thing or not, but a lot of people were mentioning that. He was pretty noble. Did did did, did you think of that? Did you think of Admiral Akbar's it, son when they it mentioned It definitely that? was the first thing that popped in my head. Uh, but of course, he is the most famous <laughs> Mon Calamari, right? Does yeah. anyone really know any of the other right. names? That's what I that's what I feel like. Right. There's too much I feel like there's too much of that, but I also yeah. feel like because it's Star Wars, there isn't too much of that, right? Yeah. Like, like it is a really small universe. Like in the, in the first episode, when people said he mentioned a smuggler, well, yeah. that might be Han Solo. Han Solo. Well, exactly. well, come on! Like, there's a lot of smugglers in yeah. this galaxy, yeah. but they probably did want you to wonder if it was Han Solo. Yeah. Like, this is Star Wars. That's what they do, right? So I feel the same way about this Mon Calamari reference. Yeah. So even like in uh, that same scene when he's like, "What uh, what are they gonna do with with the child?" He's like, "It's against the guild. Don't worry about it." Blah blah blah. He's like, "He's like, take some time off. Why don't you go to the Twilight uh, baths or whatever?" Right? It's like, like bathhouse. Yeah, yes. Like, come on, like it's pure like fan service <laughs> name dropping, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> that was like a, I felt like that was a Game of Thronesy moment. Like let, yeah. let's go to the brothel, let's go to the Twi'lek brothel and, right. and and chill you out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> With some uh, space poontag. <laughs> great, great Carl Weather stuff. Great Carl Weather stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, he goes and takes his puck, and he and he's gonna take off, and he's gonna go really far away to chase down this other bounty, mm -hmm. and then we get this great payoff scene. When he's back in his spaceship, and he goes to move his gear shifter, mm -hmm. and the ball is not attached to the end of the gear shifter. Yeah. And this is the actual turning point, obviously. This is the breaking point. Yeah. Um, you know, he he sits there, he looks at that ball, and, and again, even though he's wearing a mask, because of the great direction... Because of the great camera work, because of the great editing, mm -hmm. and because of some great acting, even under a mask, um, the emotion comes powerfully through in this scene. You feel the Mandalorian 
breaking emotionally. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he shuts off the ship and then he goes back to town. Yeah. And we know where he's going. He's going to get Baby Yoda. Yeah. And then we get the scene where he is. Uh, <laughs> he goes back uh, to the place where he, uh, where the client is is hiding out, mm-hmm. and he looks in the garbage and he finds Baby Yoda's <clears throat> um, floating. What's it called? Egg. <laughs> floating egg. Yeah. Uh, is it a? It's not a stroller. Uh, baby pram. carriage. Baby carriage. Yeah, a hover carriage. Uh, anyway. Um, so immediately we're like, oh my God, we have this sick feeling. Maybe baby Yoda's already dead. So then he uses his rifle again. I love how every scene he uses this rifle. Mm-hmm. I love how every episode, I mean, and I love how every episode he uses every one of his weapons, by the way, we yeah. haven't got to that yet, yet, but he does it again in this episode. He's done it in every episode. He's used every one of his weapons. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's back to playing with your Boba Fett action figure, right? Like you're like, I want to see how this flamethrower works. I want to see how this how this uh this grappling hook works you know mm-hmm. and you're doing it with your action figure but you never saw it in real life or you never saw it in live action before yeah and now we're getting that every episode uh, he's used that flamethrower every episode it's great yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, i lost my place <laughs> yeah so he's using the the gun to see through the walls right to, uh, right right yeah. right he's using the gun to spy on the client and dr pershing and he overhears them saying important things another important scene uh, just extract the material as quickly as possible and be done with it. And when they, when he says be done with it, he means kill the baby. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, important thing, Dr. Pershing says, he gave us orders to deliver it alive. So there is another important, powerful figure involved here that we have been alluded to. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be the Moff character that we've seen in the trailers, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character. Um, the you know just a more powerful level of the empire basically or or what's left of them Um, but we don't know so there's a mysterious figure giving orders to the client and Dr. Pershing who we have yet to meet in the show Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things a lot of characters we've yet to meet in the show from the trailer still huh like uh, like what's her name Crotto, like who apparently what, is going to be in episode four. She, she was trotted around as one of the stars of the show, and we're yeah. three episodes in, and we haven't met her yet. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to seeing how the dynamic changes next episode because uh, it feels like we've we've hit a chapter ending, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like everything changes after this episode. Yeah, you could say this uh, is this was the first three um, episodes would be the first act. And we'll probably get right. to the second act in the right. next Perfect. episode, right? So. Perfect. Yes. Yes, <clears throat> I, I agree. If we were breaking this down like a movie, that would have been the first act. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, our four-hour movie's first act has just completed. Yeah. Uh, or will, by the time we get to the end of this review. <laughs> That's yeah. what I mean. Uh, hmm. Okay. Um, so, um, uh, Mandalorian is triggered to action. Now he knows he only has a little bit of time to save the baby before they've used it up and are going to just discard it in the trash. Yeah. Just like the, just like the hover carriage. So we get this amazing scene and I, I, when I was watching this the first time through, I said it was Batman. Okay. Uh, I said this was, this was just an absolute Batman scene. I heard people refer to it as uh, metal gear, solid snake. Right. I heard people, yeah. re- I heard people refer to it as, um, uh, what's that? Uh, Keanu Reeves, um, Black John, Wick. Keanu, John Wick. Right. Um, I got the John Wick feeling uh, a little bit past this part. Right. 
Okay, so Mandalorian breaks in to the client's hideout, and the first move is fantastic, mm-hmm. where he takes out the eyeball droid, yeah. the Jabba the Hutt door guard droid, uh, sticks its eyeball out, and he just grabs it and rips it off. Yeah. And and that's how he knows. He sets off the alarm. The door is going to open. The stormtroopers are going to come out, and that's going to be his way in. Yeah. Um, no messing around. It's just action time, right? Yeah. Like. We're not we're not plotting this out carefully. We're just attacking. We're just going to the front door, and we're just we're just basically kicking it in. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. So stormtroopers come pouring out. He immediately starts kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, he go, he, he get, goes into the building, takes out the lights, and starts taking out stormtrooper after stormtrooper in the dark. Yeah. And in these sequences, he uses every one of his weapons. Like I said earlier, it is fantastically fun action. Uh, it reminds me of Batman a lot, especially because there's a grappling hook move yeah, okay. <laughs> where he where he shoots out the grappling hook, zip lines him back to him, and then stabs him in the back with his vibro knife, which I thought was um, great, fantastic, yeah. uh, great, great stuff. Um, and uh, it all leads to him finding Doctor Pershing with Baby Yoda in a medical room with a classic Star Wars interrogation medical droid. Yeah. There's basically the evil medical droids and the good medical droids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the Empire has these floating black ball evil medical droids. Yeah. And there's one of those in the room, which is fantastic. Um, Dr. Pershing uh, immediately thinks the Mandalorian is there to hurt the baby, yeah. uh, which tells us a lot about Dr. Pershing's character, right? He wants to protect the child. Even if he does want him for evil scientific purposes... He does seem to also have a conscience. He says, please, it's only a child. Please don't hurt it. And then he said, and then when he figures out the Mandalorian doesn't want to hurt it, he goes, I'm the only reason it's still alive. I protected it. Um, And I feel like Dr. Pershing is definitely going to come back later in the show and help the Mandalorian save the child later on. Um, I think, I think it's going to come to a point where, where the empire has the ability to take out the child and Dr. Pershing uh, does something to help the Mandalorian and the child escape. Right. I, I absolutely okay. believe. All right. Because Dr. Pershing doesn't want the child dead. Yeah. Even though even he does want the materials from it. Uh, one thing about this scene, I don't know if you noticed this. Did it remind you of anything? Did anything stand out to you as reminiscent of something else in this scene? Uh, which scene? Which which part are you talking in about? In the medical room. In the medical room. In the medical room? Uh, very reminiscent of A New Hope to me. Um... I'm not sure exactly what you're okay. That that bed specifically, okay. That the baby Yoda was on, okay. Was it not one of Doctor Beverly Crusher's med bay beds from Star Trek: The Next Generation? Could be, but I never. I wasn't really hardcore into Star Trek. With that whole with that whole bar that comes across your chest and has readout displays on it, right? I swear to God, it's identical okay. to the Star Trek The Next Generation um, Enterprise uh, med-, med Bay beds. Okay. Um, I haven't heard anybody else say that, but I like I was agog in this scene. Like yeah. it's, it, it's like identical, um, but um, not obviously not important to the scene. Uh, uh, the scene ends perfectly, Batman. Like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. Doctor Pershing covers up because he's afraid the Mandalorian might shoot him. Then he uncovers the Mandalorian and the child are gone. Yeah. Exactly like Batman would have done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think my Batman, my Batman comparison is still the most accurate. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, 
what did you think? Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, I even liked the little, uh, like I said, uh, again, fan, fan services sprinkled throughout this entire series yeah. with the uh, interrogation droid just kind of like thrown in there as well. Um, I don't really feel like an interrogation droid would have been needed <laughs> to interrogate a baby Yoda that can't talk. Well, that, that's why I called it a medical <laughs> droid, right? Yeah. Because it, it could serve other medical functions. Yeah, it doesn't I have suppose. to just be an interrogation droid, right? Yeah, I um, it, it gives needles, right? It could, yeah. it could give medicine in that needle, right? It, it could, but I think the whole purpose of the uh, needle in that case is to drug the... Uh, the person yeah. being interrogated, but yeah, 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 no, it could be interpreted different ways. But like I said, um, not necessarily needed to interrogate a baby Yoda <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> who can't talk. But um, no, but it was a nice little fan service moment. And what did you think of the? Sorry, what did you think of the flashlights on the the stormtroopers blasters? Um, I thought I thought that was something we'd never seen before. Maybe in a uh, video game, but yeah, no. The, in fact, uh, the whole f- part when he's like shooting his way in and shooting his way out uh very reminiscent of a video game to me as well yeah totally. i get a lot of video game moments when i'm watching this show but um, yeah but yeah it's, no it was it, def- it was good though i enjoyed that very much yeah. and yeah. like with the whole thing when he stabbed them in the back and all that stuff yeah no it's great all the stormtrooper action scenes have been so great like so fun classic star star wars but but also new and cool like the way they're shot the way they're edited the way they look and the way they feel is just so modern and updated and cool. Mm-hmm. At the same time, being like, being like authentic. It's this show is such a beautiful update of Star Wars. It's what yeah. I wanted the Force Awakens to be. It, it this fulfills the the promise of the Force Awakens trailers to be right. Like right. I feel like the Force Awakens trailers were promising me an experience like this. What I got was not exactly that. I don't hate the Force Awakens, but I feel like this is exactly what I was hoping. Right. Uh, the sequel, the sequel movies were going to be oh, yeah. um, a, a beautiful update of what is um, like familiar and genuine to star Wars. Right. Uh, and a brand new story with brand new characters yes. that, somehow feel familiar in this world at the same time. Yeah. Uh, love the Mandalorian, even though I have criticized it a little bit tonight. Um, another <laughs> thing we get, uh, uh, this great weapon, um, the, uh, the whistling birds. Oh yeah. Did you love that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was great. Um, yeah. It reminded me of something else as well. And I'm drawing a blank on what it was. I can tell you what it reminded me of. Yeah. Go on. Uh, guardians of the galaxy. There you go. That was uh, right. yeah. Uh, Hondo. Hondo, yeah. Hondo's weapon, whatever that's called, that yeah. he whistles and shoots around. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually called Whistling Birds, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, still love that scene. Um, so, like, it's so cool. It's like the, the, the storytelling in this in this show is so just perfect. Yeah. Just perfect. Like, yeah. you see it coming. It's set up. Like, everything is set up, but then it's paid off so well that you don't care that you saw it in the setup, right? Yeah. You're just like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I agree. Bless you. No, I definitely agree. No, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, so far. And yeah. I wonder if that was his only use of whistling birds. Like, I feel like, like that was a one shot weapon. I feel like she said it was she, a one shot no? She said use it sparingly. Yeah. She did. She did. Uh, so I feel like this was like kind of his, almost like his giving back the bounty because you know how he kind of took the bounty and he shouldn't have like that was wrong mm. like that was the sin to me really um i feel like using that one use of the whistling birds 
to rescue the child uh, was like kind of a little bit of atonement for that. Okay. Did, did, did that not occur to you? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Anyway, yeah, I hope that he doesn't get to use the whistling birds again, or he has to get it recharged first. If he yeah. Does. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, he would have used it in the uh, next scene if it was. Uh, if it that was is true. Right? So. That, is, but I, yeah, I think the the purpose of this of the next scene, where he's surrounded by like 20 times more people, yeah. um, is to just like wipe out the the fact that we we knew when he was surrounded by those four stormtroopers. We knew he had the whistling birds, mm-hmm. and we knew that we were going to get that. He, we knew they weren't going to stop him. Yeah. Those four, yeah. right? Uh, but then when we get out of the street, we're like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> right? There's like a hundred people around him now. It's like the same amount of bad guys that were in episode one. But when I said there were way too many, yeah, uh, it was exactly the same. There were way too many bounty hunters in this town. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, um, this was my John Wick uh, moment. Yeah. So as soon as the thing um, started beeping, then they all right. were in the That street. was ripped off from John Wick. Yeah, that was Absolutely. Straight, straight John Ab- Wick, too. Yeah. So, right. After the Mandalorian escapes with the baby, they cut to the bar where all the bounty hunters are, and they all have the tracking fobs, and yeah. all of their tracking fobs start all to go off. off. Yeah. It's a cool, slow scene where they don't explain it. There's no dialogue. They, you just see everybody reacting, and, ev- and, and you realize... The bounty's back on, and everybody is heading out yeah. to find the Mandalorian and the child now. Yeah. Um, and then you get the Mandalorian walking down the street carrying the child, and then you see the the streets start to fill with these bounty hunters, yeah. and he knows he's being surrounded. Uh, and we get a great showdown scene where Grief Karga leads all of the bounty hunters against the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, they get him surrounded, and it looks hopeless. And this is a, another thing about this show. Every episode... He gets into a situation where it looks hopeless. It looks like it's over, right? Yeah. In the first in the first episode, it was he was surrounded with the IG eleven by way too many guys, and then that giant machine gunner showed up, yeah. and they were like, "Oh my god, we're dead! I've got to self destruct." Yeah. Mando saved himself with some great action in that episode. Yeah. Second episode, he was dead with the mud horn. Baby Yoda saves him. Yeah. Third episode. He is absolutely surrounded by way too many enemies. He kills a bunch of them with his disintegrator, but he does not have enough weapons to take out all these guys. Mm. And he has a dramatic moment where he looks into the eyes of baby Yoda and it looks like he's maybe saying goodbye. Mm. It looks like he's maybe going, I'm sorry I failed you, but I'm about to collapse on top of you to protect you from all the blaster fire and I'm about to die. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we get the moment that everybody is talking about from this episode, the moment that made everybody so overjoyed, which is the attack of the Mandalorians. Yeah. The Mandalorians save the day. Unlike the attack of the clones, there was actually some logic and narrative purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Mandalorians all arrive on jetpack, which is awesome yep. because Mandalorian has not, it doesn't have a jetpack. We haven't seen any jetpack action yet in this show, but he does so have to get we, one. He says that we, we finally get, <laughs> we finally get a bunch of Mandalorians in full glory, the same way we saw in clone wars mm-hmm. or the same way we saw in rebels. And we get like an army of Mandalorians on jetpacks, attacking, rescuing yep. the Mandalorian and the child. And, and, Almost leading the rescue, or at least closer, closest to the Mando, is that same heavy infantryman 
who fought him, who accused him of being a traitor in the covert earlier, voiced by John Favreau. And we get look, look, dude, this is the way, right? That that's what it is, this right? Is like, way. yeah, like we may have we may have our differences, but our code comes first, yeah. right? And Mando's like, guys, what are you doing? You just gave up our location. We're going to have to move the covert now. Mm-hmm. And what is his answer? This is the way. <laughs> that's right, and beautiful it's beautiful this mandalorian culture has come to life for me in this episode right like i feel like we have now like i mean i know we already did in the animated series but now in live action we have brought to life another like culture and faction in star wars it's not just about jedis and sith okay we have a lot of other cultures and factions we have the the band the the bounty hunter guild Mm -hmm. who have their entire code of conduct and their in their whole lore and history and and uh traditions and we have the mandalorians with their entire history and and codes um and this is world building and as a star wars fan this is what i wanted john favreau is the man for the job he's doing a great job yeah loving it yep um i have spoken <laughs> That's right. Um, so we get this great scene of the Mando, the Mandalorians in action on their jetpacks, and they take out all the bounty hunters, and they allow the Mandalorian to escape. And then, great final scene: Mandalorian in his ship, in the Razor Crest, yeah. with Baby Yoda. Emotional payoff with the gear shifter ball, picks it up, hands it to the kid. Here. Everything is everything is right now, and then this rocketeer moment, Kev. Yeah, this moment exactly where I, I thought, thinking as well, you are really going for it with a moment like this. Yeah. The spaceship is taking off through the atmosphere, and the heavy infantry, John Favreau's character, comes flying up on his jetpack right next to the ship, just to salute him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you're, you know. If you're all about the Mandalorians, and if you were hyped about this show because you wanted to see some great Mandalorian action, yeah. then this moment was your like orgasm, yeah. right? I have to get me one of those. <laughs> yeah, and that great line, I got to get me one of those. Yes, Mandalorian fans have been wanting you to have a jetpack, Mando. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and obviously. We are teasing that out as it's going to be an event in the series when he gets his jetpack leveling up like a video game. Like I said, like you know, his armor's leveled up now to like full full level. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to level up, level him up with the jetpack. We're probably going to level him up with some different weapons later. Mm-hmm. You know, we level him up with the whistling birds in this episode, and then he and then he used them. So now he's got to like either craft them again or mm-hmm. or buy them from a merchant. This is yeah. this is such an RPG mm-hmm. uh, at the same time as. It's just great Star Wars. Just yeah. great Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so uh, there we are. That's the end of the episode. Um, thoughts? My first thought is... Makanki. Had to throw it in there somewhere. There we go. We got, we got <laughs> so, the uh, So, yeah. No, I, I, I love this episode. That was great. Uh, if I... If we're going to do uh, gradings on these ones, which I assume we will because we have been... Uh, nine. I would give it a nine. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, no, it's that's uh, your highest. Yeah, it is. So so this is your. Yeah, I think I feel like I enjoyed this uh, episode um, probably the most. And yeah. um, but that being said, I, I've I've been enjoying this 
entire series so far. But yeah, no, I thought it was a great episode. Lots of uh, sweet action, action that we've been looking forward to seeing on uh, live action. As you said, um, the whole um, uh, Mandalore uprise there at the end was fucking awesome. Uh, I love the connection between the Mandalorian and, and uh, Kevin. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that in. Right? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm digging, I'm digging it, I'm digging this series. Um, yeah, um, it's I've been hearing some people just like shit on this show. I'm hearing some people really? absolutely, yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Um, I'm hearing some I've, people I've only heard, the I've, show. So I've only heard positive things, and I've mm. I've seen. I've seen people just just react to any criticism or any kind of why did they do this? Yeah, like just like people like getting mad if you don't love it mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I love it. But I always I, I have a critical eye for everything that mm-hmm. I love. Right? Mm-hmm. Like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie of all time. But yeah. I I'm sure I can think of a couple of criticisms I have for that movie. Yeah, um, of course. That, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's uh, it's a part of the fandom experience to not, to not only talk about what you love, but to talk about what you would like to see improved, what, yeah. what you would like to see done better. I don't, I don't think it's uh, disrespectful at all. Um, we obviously live for Star Wars. We are obviously all about it. It has taken over our podcast. This yeah. is Star Wars season yeah. on Two Old Fist Podcast. We are not a Star Wars podcast. We, uh, we are just living in a world where there is so much Star Wars content to cover right now. Yeah that it has taken us over and yeah. there's other stuff, you know, we're still, uh, I don't know if you're wa- still watching the Watchmen. I'm, I'm behind. I'm, I am, I'm an yeah, episode I behind, but yeah. I, I plan on getting caught up on that. I'm, I'm excited like that behind, yeah. I'm excited that Vikings is starting up, uh, very soon. I think two weeks away uh, yeah, okay. from the, the final season of Vikings starting. That's probably not a show we'll talk about too much because it's not a very popular show, but for me, yeah. love it. Um, uh, so, I, but there is other stuff we're going to talk about on the podcast besides Star Wars, but it's still like, it's going to be so dominated by Star Wars for the next month, at least yeah. because Rise of Skywalker, of course, is coming soon yeah. and Mandalorian is going to complete its run, um, in the next, uh, five weeks, I guess. Um, so, um, we are going to be a Star Wars podcast mainly for a while. No, um, uh, no complaints there. Yeah, no complaints here for me either. I'm happy. I'm happy to have all this content. We had such a dry spell for so long, yeah. um, and and we are so spoiled right now that it is great, and I'm yeah. enjoying it. Um, so uh, this episode for me is not my favorite. It's um, I, I'm going to rate it an eight. I still really like it a lot, but um, I okay. think I preferred episode two. I think That's I. Oops, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Almost Janet. Yeah, almost, almost Janet. Almost. A couple <laughs> things, uh, but. Um, you know what? I really love the quill stuff. I really, I, I love the Jawa yeah, stuff. Yeah. I love, I, I love the mud, the mudhorn, like the creature stuff. I love in this show, right? Yeah. That mudhorn fight, I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I love this episode too. But I, um, you know, it, uh, yeah, I, it's not like, oh my god, episode two was filler, and this is what I was waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I like them both for different reasons, and um, I'm, I'm loving the Mandalorian. All right and looking forward to the rest of it yeah no absolutely Why but um what do you think janet um i don't know janet anything that's the end <laughs> that's right i guess it is the end of episode three. Boom, done! <laughs> uh boom done i have spoken there you go. <laughs> this is the way
so yeah, looking forward to the next episode of Mandalorian. Bryce Dallas Howard um, is our next our next director. Right. Yep, and uh, like I said, I'm pretty sure this is the one that Gina is uh, Gina Carano is uh, premiering on. Um, pretty sure I read that if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, we we'll look forward to seeing now, her. Now the Mandalorian her. has uh, the Empire after him. Now the Bounty Hunters Guild is also after him. Yeah. Like I said, I think that what we're going to see is that we're, he's going to end up losing his mask. Mm-hmm. And then the Mandalorians are going to turn their back on him too, yeah. so that he'll he'll end up with no friends at all. It'll be just him and Baby Yoda against yeah. the world. There you go. That's all. Um, they, all we, that's all they need. Before they're saved by Ahsoka. Yeah. There you go. But that's all for episode thirty-four. Thanks for listening. Uh, please check us out on Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash Too Old for This Pod. Spelt with a two and a four, because that's how 90s rappers spell. Please like us and invite your friends to like us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash tool for this podcast. Also spelled with a two and a four, like 90s rappers do. Yeah. Uh, DJ Kevy Kev, um, any final thoughts before we sign off for this week? Uh, no, I was hoping to catch that new uh, Tom Hanks movie. Uh, this is, was it? Beautiful Day in Neighborhood or whatever it's called. The oh yeah, the Mr. Rogers, Mr. Movie. Rogers movie. Uh, I was yeah. gonna go see it this morning, but I just couldn't bring myself to to like get out of the house. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely gonna see that. So yeah, I'm hoping we'll, to see we'll, it. Maybe we'll do this an, week. Let's, let's do an episode on that movie yeah. after we both see that. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely fascinated to see Tom Hanks. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely right. So like I said, I was thinking about going to see it today, but I just couldn't bring myself to leave the house. So uh, yeah, so we've no. got that that to look forward to, and then we've got more Mandalorian, of course, next Friday. Yeah, absolutely, and. and um, we will be back soon with yeah. another fresh episode. But until then, uh, I guess all there is to say is just chill. To the next episode.